Greetings, folks. This is Drew Allen back behind the microphone. The Democrat Party is pushing full steam ahead with the January 6th insurrection lie. And that's what it is. It is a lie. They, of course, are claiming that the January 6th insurrection was a dark moment in America's history. They are claiming that the January 6th so-called insurrection is the greatest threat to our democracy since the Civil War, the greatest attack on our capital since the Civil War. And now they're even going so far as to compare it to 9-11 itself. They're even going beyond that, saying that it's more dangerous than 9-11 because it has not yet been resolved. But I'm going to make a very clear statement to you right now, and it's the truth, and that's this. This special committee that Nancy Pelosi is putting together in the House of Representatives to investigate the so-called root causes of the January 6th insurrection, that select committee is, in fact, the greatest threat to our democracy since the Civil War. As Joe Biden recently stated and claimed, we haven't been so divided since the Civil War, and that's the first thing, of course, that he has said that I have ever agreed with. But don't doubt me on this one, folks. This is a very, very serious problem that we have to address and fight back against. And I'll even make another claim that I stand behind, and that's this. The creation of this select committee to investigate the January 6th insurrection, well... With the creation of this committee, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrat Party have declared war against the American people. War against half of this country. War against this nation. That is how serious this is. And they are ushering in the darkest moments in American history since the Civil War. It is the Democrats' fault, and it is the Democrats' who are bringing about the destruction of this great republic. Now, I want to go back in time first. Forget January 6th for just a moment. We're going to come back to it. But I want to play some audio that I put together from another insurrection, the first insurrection, the insurrection on January 20th, of 2017, the Democrat insurrection at the Capitol. Here we go. Anti-Trump protests turned violent today. Bricks and rocks being thrown right here at the police. Burning cars and smashed windows. Bring it up! Armed with hammers and bricks. Over here we've got a car fire. That More than 200 people were arrested. It appears like a conflict zone. Some groups vowing to create chaos and shut down the celebrations. And a limousine next to it have been, have been set on fire. Many people injured, both protesters and police officers. Six police officers were wounded. One demonstrator threw a flashbang grenade back at police. It exploded in an officer's face. I would guess that there are near a thousand protesters. So that's, of course, the protests against Donald Trump. When he was inaugurated as President of the United States in 2017, injured police officers, injured civilians, cars on fire, a thousand protesters in the streets. Um, The only difference between what happened in 2017 and what happened on January 6th is this. Well, one, what happened in 2017 with the Democrat protests, was far worse. 
The second thing, of course, is the media. The media, folks, the mainstream media, the drive-bys, the way they covered it. Do you know how hard it is to try and find any clips of the usual suspects in the media discussing the, the January 20th insurrection at the Capitol? Well, it's impossible, folks, because they didn't cover it nearly in the same way. They reported on it as it happened, and then it went away and died. The Republicans did not form a special committee to investigate the root causes of the violent protests at the Capitol against Donald Trump's election. We knew what the root causes were. The fomenting of hatred by Hillary Clinton and the rest of the Democrat Party. Let's play, for example. Let's take another trip back in time and let's play some audio of what was said about Donald Trump and his supporters as we led up to November and the election in 2016 and then, of course, Trump's victory. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Right? The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. You see, folks, all of this animosity and hatred that is responsible for every large-scale, violent, and criminal behavior in this country is directly related and a result of the Democrat Party and the way they talk and the complicit media that does their bidding and vice versa. There's Hillary Clinton on the campaign trail labeling not only Trump but you and me as the basket of deplorables as those individuals who are uh, Islamophobic, who are sexist, who are racists. This is the problem in the country. And the point of this particular podcast, and the reason I decided to stay up late and get behind this microphone again, is because the point must be made that this nation's demise will come at the hands of the Democrat Party. And we are in the midst of a cold civil war. I've said it before, and it's true, and we all have to accept this. And it is a because of the Democrat Party. Now, we're going to get into the other things and other examples of violence, of course, with the George Floyd protests, with Antifa, BLM, and all the rest. Those are not Republicans. Those are not the basket of deplorables that she's speaking of. That is the Democrat Party and their militant surrogates who do their bidding, who get the, the um, support of the Democrat Party, and whose violent actions are justified because for the Democrats, of course, the means always justifies the ends. But let's listen to, well, let me say this first before we get into the next clip. There's one other difference between the January 6th fake, phony, didn't happen insurrection and the real January 20th Democrat insurrection of 2017. And that's this. In 2017... When those Democrats were in the streets lighting cars on fires, throwing those grenades back at police officers, in which six police officers were injured, as well as other civilians, well, the only reason that they didn't go into the Capitol building or some other government building is because the police presence was massive. The police knew 
that there were going to be protesters descending on the Capitol to protest violently against the inauguration of President Trump, and so they were prepared. Now, on January 6th of this year, there were very few Capitol Police to be found, despite the fact that just like in 2017, they knew it was coming, they didn't take any measures to put any amount of police force on the ground to deter anything from happening. But of course, it's worse than that because it's becoming more and more clear that the Democrat Party was complicit in aiding and abetting those actions to take place. We have the video of the protesters being allowed into the Capitol building. We have them walking through the halls. And the worst thing that happened that day, of course, was broken windows, some feet propped up on the table in Nancy Pelosi's office, And, of course, the worst thing of all that happened was a Capitol Police officer murdering an unarmed female veteran Trump supporter. That's right, Ashley Babbitt. She was shot dead, and the point must be made again and again that she was the only individual at the January 6th insurrection who died of unnatural causes. The only person. Now contrast, contrast, remember what you just heard in terms of what happened in 2017 with what you're about to hear with this montage of the drive-by media covering January 6th. And much of this, by the way, and you'll notice when you hear it, is live real-time coverage. And think about how Interesting it is that the media was so prepared to have the same talking points, to call it a violent mob of Trump supporters. Now, they did not call the January 20th insurrection a violent mob of Hillary Clinton supporters. No, no, they didn't use any such language at all. They didn't even mention that they were Democrats. They... Well, let's just go to the next clip of the coverage of the January 6th so-called phony insurrection. Wednesday, the President of the United States incited a deadly insurrection. And breaking news tonight, the deadly siege on Congress as an angry pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol. We've seen shocking images of chaos, And you're looking at them now, extraordinary images of tens of thousands of pro-Trump supporters all encouraged by the Rushing president. Rushing past barricades and police up the Capitol steps. Tomorrow will mark six months since the January 6th insurrection, the day Donald Trump incited a mob to attack the U.S. seat of government. Right now I'm announcing that there will be a select committee, as there was at the time of 9-11. And that part is key, folks, like we did in 9-11. They are equating... What happened on January 6th with what happened on 9-11, which of course was foreign terrorists killing 3,000 American civilians on our own soil. This is, this is a not only disgusting comparison to make, it's, of course, a false comparison. It's a lie, and you just heard the comparison between what happened in 2017 and what happened in 2021, and the only difference is the media and the Democrat Party, the way they, they, they weaponize what happened for their own political gain. Those people in 2017 were Democrats who were outraged and angry 
and violent and they hated Donald Trump and they didn't want him to be president. And look, even if we wanted to equate the same thing, the same thing didn't happen, by the way. But let's just say what happened on January 6th is equivalent to what happened in 2017. In some ways, you could make that argument that, you know, 2017, all those violent protesters, they were angry, hate-filled, whatever. They, you know, uh, you know in, in 2017, they just didn't want Trump to win. They couldn't believe it. They couldn't accept it. Their candidate lost, so they turned to violence in the streets. And then in 2021, okay, you have a bunch of angry, upset Trump supporters who make their way into the Capitol building. And yet the, the, the violence wasn't even on the same level, apart from that Capitol Police officer. Okay? Things were not lit on fire on January 6th. The quote-unquote insurrectionists, the Trump supporters, allegedly, They didn't have hammers in their hands. They didn't have rocks in their hands. They weren't hurling rocks at police officers. None of that happened. So just looking at it objectively, apart from what happened to Ashley Babbitt, what what is the, the big deal here? Well, we know what the big deal is. It's a desperate Democrat party who's authoritarian and totalitarian who wants to use that event to abolish, destroy their political opposition. And that is the point of all of this. These people are demented and sick individuals who are amoral, who are frankly evil to the core to be doing this. And also, I want to make another point. What what are we talking about here with... What is the point of this commission to investigate the January 6th insurrection and the root causes? They've already arrested hundreds of people, grandmas, people with Lego sets of the Capitol in their homes. They've even arrested people who didn't even have anything to do with the January 6th insurrection. I talked about this on another episode. I talked about the individual named Joseph Bolanos. Joseph Bolanos, just to remind you, if you're a first-time listener, was a registered Democrat who was sick of the Democrat Party who attended the rally on January 6th. So he was there listening to Donald Trump's speech. And he says he got bored, so he walked back to his hotel or went back to his hotel, which was a 30-minute walk from the Capitol building. He wasn't there. He didn't go into the Capitol building. He was not an insurrectionist. And yet a neighbor of his in New York City, where the communists like to call home, just like where I live in California, well, they overheard Joseph Bolanos brag that he was at the rally. This is a New York Post that I'm repeating from memory, a New York Post piece. Well, this neighbor, who was a rabid communist, Marxist Democrat, reported Joseph Bolanos to the FBI because he was at the rally. And the FBI, in the end, came into his apartment building where he lived with his 90-something-year-old mother, pointed a gun at his head, arrested him, marched him through the streets handcuffed while an NBC truck was there to film the event, and they took him in for questioning. And throughout this process, of course, Joseph Bolanos, who was a, an older individual, I don't remember if he was in his, he's probably in his 60s, if his mother's in her 90s, at least, well, he suffered a stroke. He had to be taken to a hospital in New York there, where he was treated. And this individual had his electronic devices, confiscated. They still haven't been given back to him per the New York Post report. But of course, no charges have been made against Joseph Bolanos because Joseph Bolanos didn't do 
anything wrong. And now we have Facebook, of course, who is making it easy and encouraging you, well, not you, my listeners, but encouraging the Marxist totalitarians in this country, the citizen spies, the Stasi, to, with a click of a button, report anyone that they think and deem is a domestic terrorist. That's why this is so serious. That's why this is so severe. This January 6th insurrection myth and lie is being used as a cover for the Democrat Party to do what the Nazis did in Germany. And I'm not going to back off from talking about this in this way. We experienced four years of the Democrat Party comparing Donald Trump to Hitler time and time again, to comparing you and I to Nazis time and time again. Nazi was the word of the day every day for the drive-by media while Trump was in office, when it was directed at Trump and us. But of course, they are master projectionists. Everything the Democrat Party accuses Trump of, or you and I of, his supporters, well, it's simply what they are guilty of. It's simply what they are up to. They are gaslighter extraordinaires, masters of amorality and evil. And that's what's going on here. And if any special committee needs to be formed, it should be to investigate the Democrat Party, BLM, Antifa, and their supporters. Now, remember that on January 6th, one person died of unnatural causes, and that was Ashley Babbitt. Now, I want to play for you another montage I put together. We are montage heavy today because it is vital, imperative, that we understand this subject matter, understand what's going on in this country, and retain memories like elephants about what has come before. Because the Democrat Party is the party of violence and its insurrectionists. Now let's go back in time again to George Floyd's death and what happened in the immediate aftermath. Here we go with one more clip. Overnight, Minneapolis on fire. Cities across the United States remain in a state of high tension tonight as the country braces itself for another wave of protests over the death of George Floyd. leaving an auto parts store in flames. Another night of chaos and unrest as anger over police killings spread to every corner of the country. We're here inside CNN Center. We're just in the last 10 minutes. Demonstrators have started to come up and down this thoroughfare of Marietta and break out windows of CNN Center. Uh, it was just a short time ago that they started shooting what appeared to be BBs at us. I was struck with a BB pellet. Others seen looting a local We just target. saw an officer extracted. An officer was down. We don't know exactly how they were injured. Oh, and there's the old CNN reporter quaking in his boots when it comes, when BLM comes and threatens his life. Suddenly, there's a little bit of fear in his voice, a little bit of a shake and a quake. But anyway, I, um, I want to talk about the George Floyd protest because BLM is an actual domestic terrorist threat to this nation. And I've got the hard, cold facts here. So January 6th, they claim, is the greatest threat to our democracy, even though only one American citizen who was a Trump protester was murdered and killed and died of unnatural causes. And that went on, of course, for a few hours, and then it quelled and went away. And remember, of course, well, had Ashley Babbitt been a black male Democrat on fentanyl named George Floyd, just imagine what would have taken place in D.C. Following that, the riots would have gone on for 14 days 14 days, because that's actually what happened after George Floyd's death in 2020. So January 6th, 
we've got to form a uh, special committee to investigate the root causes of that and and uh, label Trump supporters domestic terrorists. But um, here are some of the people that died after the in the immediate aftermath in the 14 days that followed the protests after George Floyd. Dave Patrick Underwood, 53, California. Because remember, these George Floyd protests, just like the protests in 2017 against Donald Trump, took place all across this nation. So I'm going to read these names. Dave Patrick Underwood, 53, California. Underwood was shot May 30th while on guard duty outside a federal courthouse in Oakland and was one of two officers targeted in a drive-by shooting amid nearby protests. Chris Beattie, 38, in Indiana, just a few feet from his apartment, the former Indiana University football player and local business owner was killed on May 30th amid unrest in Indianapolis. Dorian Morrell, 18 years old, Indiana. Only a few hours after Beatty's death, Murrell was fatally wounded in an early morning shooting on May 31st. Italia Kelly, 22, Iowa. Kelly was shot and killed around midnight on May 31st while leaving a protest outside a Walmart in Davenport, Iowa. Marquise M. Toussaint, 23 years old, Iowa. Toussaint was found dead at the same scene as Kelly outside the Davenport, Davenport Walmart, where authorities say a police ambush unfolded. Marvin Francois, 50 years old, Missouri. Francois was fatally shot after a protest in Kansas City on May 31st, with police reporting his killers were three men attempting to steal his car. John Tiggs, 32 Illinois. Tiggs was fatally struck in the abdomen by shots fired inside a Metro PCS during lootings in the south side of Chicago on May 31st. Jose Gutierrez, 28 years old, Illinois. Gutierrez was shot on June 1st in the Chicago suburb of Cicero, where unrest and looting led the city to declare a state of emergency. Victor Cazares Jr., 27 years old, Illinois as well. Cazares was killed by a shot to the head in Cicero. In a separate incident, on the same day, both deaths have been ruled as homicides. He was murdered. David Dorn, the police officer, if you remember his name, Missouri, the retired St. Louis police captain, was killed by people looting a pawn shop after midnight on June 2nd, according to authorities. And finally, last but not least, two unidentified males died in Philadelphia on the night of June 2nd. One suspected looter was killed by the owner of a gun shop, and, and the other was killed trying to blow up an ATM on the sidewalk. These are but a few of those victims of Democrat BLM protests after George Floyd. And yet we're supposed to believe that January 6th, the Trump supporters that killed no one are the greatest threat to this democracy. Give me a break. The Democrat Party is sick and vile. But I want to come back to something else, folks. Um... Of course, Joe Biden, the brain-dead, brainless, possible Alzheimer's uh, individual who's certainly suffering from dementia or something else or various things simultaneously, who has a wonderful son named Hunter Biden, uh, who is a uh, cocaine addict who has sex with, um, well, his deceased brother's wife, well... He made the uh, outrageous claim, of course, about January 6th, that it was the greatest uh, attack on our citadel of liberty since the Civil War. Well, I'm going to walk through again a number of events that are far worse than January 6th to expose these people as the stupid fools that they are, because you and I aren't fools, and unfortunately a lot of the Democrat voters are they don't know history, and they want to be part of a cause that's greater than themselves. But the cause that they're a part of is the demise of America, but we're going to change their minds. I'm going to change their minds because they can't stand up to me. They can't have a conversation with me and tell me this crap. They don't have the brain power that I do. 
April 15, 1865, you might recall, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated at Ford Theater by John Wilkes Booth, who was a Confederate. That means he was a Democrat. He was shot in the head while he watched the play Our American Cousin, another Democrat act of violence. March 1st, 1954, did you know that four Puerto Rican Americans fired guns in the House of Representatives, injuring five congressmen? Jimmy Carter, a Democrat, of course, who was uh, down for the Democrat cause, well, he commuted one of their sentences in 1977, and he granted clemency to the other three in 1979. Well, this grandma who happened to be walking around the Capitol, she will be given no clemency, of course, in the January 6th insurrection. Those uh, individuals with uh, Capitol building replica Lego sets will be given no clemency for their transgressions. The individual who propped his feet up in Nancy Pelosi's office on her desk will be given no clemency. Uh, I don't think he fired guns in the House of Representatives. This is how stupid this situation is. March 1st, 1971. Did you know a bomb exploded in the Capitol building? Uh, a group called the Weather Underground claimed to be behind the bombing. Now, they were leftist extremists, the Weather Underground. That was 1971. Let's go to November 7th, 1983. Another bomb tore through the second floor of the Senate wing in the, of the Capitol. A group called the Armed Resistance claimed responsibility. This was an all-female far-left group. That means Democrat group, by the way, who placed a bomb under a bench outside the Senate chamber. Some of those women had splintered off from the Weather Underground. But the Armed Resistance, resistance Unit, um, while they bombed the U.S. Capitol building, they also bombed three military installations in Washington, D.C. area. They bombed the National War College at Fort McNair, the Washington Navy Yard Computer Center, and the Washington Navy Yard Officers Club. They also bombed four sites in New York City between 1983 and 1985 as well. In New York City, the sites they bombed were the Staten Island Federal Building, the Israeli Aircraft Industries Building, because uh, Democrats are notoriously anti-Semitic. They bombed the South African Consulate and the offices of the Patrolmen's Benevolent Association. June 14th, 2017. Are you ready for this one, folks? This is not too long ago. Do you remember the name James T. Hodgkinson? He was a Bernie Sanders supporter and an anti-Trumper. Well, he is the man who opened fire on a group of Republican congressmen who were practicing baseball. Now, before opening fire, Hodgkinson asked then-Representative Ron DeSantis and Jeff Duncan if the players on the field were Democrats or Republicans. When they said yes, well... He went back to his car, got a gun, and opened fire. Now, Steve Scalise, of course, is the one who almost lost his life, a Republican. Now, let's look at uh, the root cause of James T. Hodgkinson's violent criminal behavior, his attempted assassination of Republican congressmen. Well, on uh, Facebook, his personal Facebook page, he wrote, Trump is a traitor. Trump has destroyed our democracy. It's time to destroy Trump and company. Where did he get that lingo from? Trump is a traitor. Trump has destroyed our democracy. Well, that would be from the media. That would be from the Democrat Party. Oh, of course, they had nothing to do with that. Their hands are clean. He also wrote, Republicans are the Taliban of the USA. That's a little extreme. What language do we have from the Democrat Party today, though? They're comparing you and I to domestic terrorists. Do you understand where this is going, how dangerous this is? This man attacked these congressmen, tried to kill them and murder them, based off of this verbiage, this lingo, this talk from CNN, NBC, CBS, the mainstream media, the drive-bys, and Nancy Pelosi, Bernie Sanders, and the rest of them. They've got blood on their hands, folks. Now, Hodgkinson's own descriptions on his social media account portrayed him as an avid consumer of political shows. Are you ready for his favorite political shows? He listed them on Facebook as Real Time with Bill Maher, The Rachel Maddow Show, Democracy Now!, and other left-leaning programs. 
He also, by the way, wrote letters to his local paper, and he wrote extensively about income inequality and called repeatedly for higher taxes on the rich. Do you understand the Democrat Party foments hatred and division time and time again? And they are causing these already deranged individuals to move in these directions? That's not hyperbole. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying anything that's inaccurate. This guy is living proof of it. And it happened in 2017. Let's keep going, though. Because the uh, Democrat violence movement isn't done. The examples of insurrectionists and anarchists and hateful, amoral individuals nearly exclusively belong to the Democrat Party. So January 2018, you might remember, this is the event in which Rand Paul was attacked while on his riding lawnmower outside his home in Kentucky. So his neighbor, Renee Boucher, a Democrat and anti-Trumper, assaulted Rand Paul. And um, are you seeing the correlation here between these violent movements? They almost exclusively belong to the Democrat Party. Well, of course... Uh, Boucher, Rene Boucher, who attacked Rand Paul and broke several of his ribs, uh, well, he denied it was politically motivated. And so did his uh, defense attorney, I believe. Federal, no, federal prosecutors, even worse. They said it wasn't politically motivated. No, 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 no. Even though that Rene Boucher is a renowned Democrat and anti-Trumper, he, um, he says that Well, he was upset because he saw Rand Paul stacking brush into a pile on Rand Paul's own property. This was a point of contention for them. The uh, brush that Rand Paul had been stacking over the years, that was driving him to madness. It had nothing to do, of course, that Rene Boucher was an anti-Trumper, which means he hated Trump, and that he was a Democrat. And Rand Paul, of course, is a renowned Republican. No, 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 no. It wasn't politically motivated at all. And then, of course, you have August 2020. Now, Rand Paul and other Republicans, you might recall, were leaving an event at the White House uh, in which Trump gave a speech. Well, it was the early hours of the morning. They're in Washington, D.C. They're walking back to their hotel rooms and so on and so forth. And Rand Paul was attacked, as well as other Republicans, including Dan Bongino, by an angry mob while leaving an event at the White House. In the video, of course, some of these protesters can be heard yelling, Say her name! And Brianna Taylor. Gee, what could they be referring to? Could it be the fact that in the media they continued to explain that Brianna Taylor was another victim of racial injustice, even though she was living and dating a man who was on, who had a rap sheet 10 pages long, who was wanted by the police, and they showed up at his door? And when, of course, the police knock on your door, what do you do? When they announce themselves at your door, what do you do? You grab your gun and shoot through the door to try and kill the police officers, right? That's what any, any rational, uh, freedom-loving American would do. Shoot at the police officers who are coming to arrest you for crimes you've committed. And, of course, Breonna Taylor happened to be there, and in the crossfire, she was killed. Um, her worthless, useless boyfriend, uh, that's his fault, not the police's. And it's a tragedy. God rest her soul, honestly, honest to God. But that's not the police's fault, and that's not an instance of systemic racism in this country. But, of course, the media and the Democrat Party portrayed it that way. And, of course, you have a mob attacking Rand Paul uh, about what happened to Breonna Taylor. So are you putting the pieces together here, folks? I am. Now let's listen to... um, Uh, You know, remember how the Democrats now continue to accuse Donald Trump still of threatening our democracy and uh, the fact that he objected to and continues to object to what happened in the 2020 election, uh, that that's dangerous to our democracy. Uh, Well, of course, it's not dangerous to our democracy that the Democrat Party uh, cheated with their mail-in ballots. It's not a danger to our democracy that the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania unlawfully, unconstitutionally change the election laws. Um, no, 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 no. None of, that, none of that's a problem. But let's listen to what Clinton said 
in September, I believe, of 2017, on, I believe it was CBS. Um, So she lost the election. Uh, Trump's already been installed in office, and it's many months later. And, um, of course, you know, the Democrats are all about preserving democracy, right? They're all about protecting the republic. And this is what um, Hillary Clinton had to say. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows. Hillary Clinton continues this claim to this day, by the way. She alleges that the 2016 election was stolen from her. But um, she's not a threat to our democracy. No, no, no. Hillary Clinton is a a wonderful, beautiful uh, woman, um, sacrosanct, almost like Jesus Christ, of course. You know, she's really, really a wonderful individual. But um, I want to do one more clip here, all right? Bear with me, because there's a theme here. And, of course, that theme is that the Democrat Party is the party of insurrectionists. And um, this is back on October 6th of 2018. Now, to bring you back and give you the context needed to understand this uh, illuminating clip, to make my point, well, October 6th, 2018, this is the time that uh, Kavanaugh was going to be sworn into uh, his position in the Supreme Court as a Supreme Court justice. Now, this is how the left reacted to that. These are live images, folks, at the doors of the Supreme Court. I don't recall ever seeing a scene like this. You're usually not allowed on those stairs. Just as they did at the Capitol, rushing to the top of the steps of the Supreme Court. We do know that dozens of protesters have been arrested at the Capitol today. And now besieging uh, the front door of the Supreme Court. They're demanding that their voices be heard. That's right, folks. They are just demanding that their voices be heard. That's all it is, BLM. As they kill 17, 19 individuals after George Floyd's death, they're just demanding that their voices be heard. Antifa, as they attack journalists like Andy No, as they murder uh, people on the right, as they loot and destroy and break the glass of innocent Americans' businesses in Portland, Oregon, and throughout this nation. They're just demanding that their voices be heard. That's all it is. Now, how many instances have you now heard in this one podcast? And I did not even brush the surface of the examples in our history. But how many examples have you heard of Democrats and leftists committing acts of violence, of insurrection, compared to the one example the Democrat Party can fabricate about the rights, the Republicans, the conservatives, the Trump supporters committing any act of violence. It's not even close, folks. It's not even close. And I want to end with a little bit of a history lesson, if you'll bear with me. I mentioned Nazi Germany earlier. And a few people on our side have given a word or two to it without explaining. They say, oh, it's like the Reichstag fire in Germany, what the Democrats are doing with January 6th, but they don't explain and break it down. But that's what I'm here for, and that's why you listen to me. Old faithful here, Drew Allen. Well, in the 30s, before the Nazis took over Germany and became the de facto rulers of that country, well, they were a struggling political party. In fact, the communists were their greatest political opponents at that time. 
And of course, there was a fire that was set to the Reichstag building in Germany. That would be the German parliament, where the Nazi party, the Communist Party, and so on and so forth would meet. Well, the fire was set, and uh, the police arrested one individual, a supposed communist sympathizer. And Hitler, of course, watched the flames rising from the Reichstag and remarked uh, to another individual named von Poppen, one of his associates, that if this fire was set by a communist, I'm paraphrasing, as I believe it was, we will essentially destroy them. Well, of course, the police arrested the individual. He said, apparently, he admitted that he was a communist. And that was the pretext under which the Nazis took over Germany. That one instance of an alleged communist engaging in an act of insurrection in Germany was used to paint the entire Communist Party in Germany as insurrectionists. They were expelled from Parliament. They were arrested. The Weimar Constitution was dismantled. The Nazis destroyed the free press, which was very robust, by the way, at that time, took it over, turned it into a propagandist machine, which would eventually lead uh, to being owned by an individual like Goebbels, if you recognize that name. And the Nazi party never stopped going after the leader of the Communist Party. In fact, during World War II, they finally executed that individual. But for that incident, but for that communist sympathizer who supposedly set fire to the parliament building, the Nazi party would never have had the ammunition to dismantle and destroy the communist party. They would not have been able to take over Germany. They would not have been able, under the pretext of preserving and saving Germany and the Constitutional Republic, or their own democracy as they would call it, but for that incident it would have never happened. And, you know, there is a well-known saying that, of course, if you don't know, you know, those who don't study history, are doomed to repeat it. And that's how vile the Democrat Party is today. I'm not talking about the Holocaust, but I am talking about totalitarians. And that is what is clear today. The Democrat Party is no different than the Nazi Party in Germany in terms of their political ambitions. And the way, the, the, the reason they are continuing to push this January 6th insurrection lie, this narrative, invented narrative from uh, whole cloth, is so that one, moving forward, they can distract the American people from focusing on the real damage that their policies are doing to this nation, and two, to silence the voices of opposition. That would be me and you. Because as they push this narrative forward, we're already seeing, with the example of Joseph Bolanos, with what's happening to Tucker Carlson, the message is very clear. If you're not with us, you're against us. And if you're against us, you're not safe. There's nowhere you can hide. We are coming for you. And it is an attempt to consolidate power and ensure that the Democrat Party, Democratic Party, will rule over this nation 
and perpetuity. And that is what you and I have to understand and accept. That's why I say we're in the middle of a cold civil war. You know, what's happening today is no different than what happened in the Civil War. Before that time, Abraham Lincoln gave the warning because mob rule was spreading like wildfire across this nation. And he made it very clear. Look, he gave a simple solution. He said, look, if, um, if you know, if... Basically, every man, woman, and child must swear their sacred honor, their lives, to abide by the Constitution. And they must demand that everyone else also abide by the Constitution. But if not, we're headed for ruin because anarchy will be the result. And of course, Abraham Lincoln also famously said that you know, this nation will become all one thing or another. It'll either be all for slavery or it will abolish slavery. And that's what we're having in our lifetimes right now. If the Democrat Party is successful, the Constitution will be done, over. The American experiment will end. And... We will once again crawl back into the swamp from which we climbed. Our rights won't be unalienable anymore. We'll just be like people have existed before America existed. Believing that we're subservient to kings and emperors and our rulers and those in government. But of course, the the greatness of America is that Americans are independent of government. They're autonomous. Our rights don't come from Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. They're unalienable. They can't touch them. But we're on the precipice. We're we're staring into totalitarian darkness in our lifetimes. And the point has to be made. Well, every one of us has to decide what is the American experiment worth to us? Is it worth just laying down and giving that up, spitting on the graves of all those men and women who have sacrificed their lives and sacred honor throughout the history of this nation to give us this inheritance? But I want to play just one more clip because the Democrat Party is comparing January 6th to 9-11. And I want you to hear what George Bush had to say regarding the attack on American soil by those terrorists far, far away. Because just imagine, because this is what the Democrat Party intends to do. Just imagine that those individuals that Bush is talking about, condemning, Imagine that's not the Taliban. Imagine that is you and me. Imagine that is American citizens, those who are not Democrats. All right, here we go. Freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward. And freedom will be defended. I want to reassure the American people that the full resources of the federal government are working to assist local authorities to save lives and to help the victims of these attacks. Make no mistake, the United States will hunt down and punish those responsible for these cowardly acts. Well, the Democrat Party will hunt down, and bring to justice not those responsible for any cowardly acts, but those who oppose them, those who love America, and those who wish to see this 
inheritance passed on to future generations, our posterity. That's what this is about, and that's why this is the most significant issue of our times. Amidst everything going on, this is, in my opinion, the most dangerous. Because it is laying the groundwork for a situation in which we live in a police state in which there are the, the the rights of the american citizen are divvied out by corrupt democrat politicians based upon your allegiance to their party that is where this is headed don't doubt me on this folks i am right about this and i am warning you about this so look you know we have a a a long steep battle ahead but i believe in the greatness of america and i believe in our numbers we are not the minority but we have to put our feet down firmly plant our feet Because we conservatives and Republicans for too long have been so understanding and we have been so, well, we bought into this lie and myth that we just have to be open-minded about everything. But that's, that's the road to ruin because there is right and wrong. There is good and evil. And you and I are right and you and I are good and you and I love America. We're the patriots. We are those who represent and reflect the greatness of America. And the Democrat Party today, the Democratic Party, well, they represent what George Washington warned about with political factions. He warned that it would lead to obedience to party over obedience and loyalty to America. Washington said that, you know, being a patriotic individual was hugely important. And of course, we're the party and the successors of Abraham Lincoln. We're the party that believes in the Constitution. We believe in freedom and equality for all. And... When Joe Biden, for example, made the claim that we haven't been so divided since the Civil War, well, I said he's right. I agree with him. But nothing has changed in terms of the Democrat Party being the same as they were during the time and period of the Civil War. And I would ask you this. Should Abraham Lincoln and the Union not have opposed slavery? Because the Democrat Party, they hated Lincoln. They hated what he stood for. And they wanted to see slavery preserved. Should Abraham Lincoln and the Union not have put up a fight? Because they were worried about what the Confederacy, about what the Democrats would say or do? No, because their calling was higher than that. Their love of America was greater than that. Their devotion to this nation and what they had inherited from the founding fathers superseded everything else. And we can't lay it down now either. The time has come for our generation to stand up and fight. This is unprecedented in our time. But what I'm trying to tell you is that it's not unprecedented in America's time. We've been here before, and other Americans have been brave and stood up and fought back. And that's in our blood. It's flowing through our veins. Red-blooded patriotism, freedom. And we can do it, and we will do it, because we must do it. Because the alternative, it's just not. 
It's not within the realm of possibility, not for me anyway. So I just want you to understand that the enemy we face is dangerous. And going forward, it's not about winning a midterm election or a presidential election. Because the left in this country, using January 6th as their pretext, their objective is our total annihilation, our total destruction, our total silencing. They want us to bend the knee and roll over. But we won't. What we have to do is dedicate ourselves to the complete elimination and destruction of the Democratic Party because this nation cannot survive as long as the Democratic Party exists. They are relentless. They don't make concessions. They're liars. They're gaslighters. They're projectionists. And they're master strategists. So I'm in it for the long haul. And I'll keep getting behind this microphone and speaking with you. But uh, we're in this together. And there are tens of millions of us. And we will not be defeated. But um, I just want to say God bless all of you. And uh, those of you listening mean the world to me. Because I am just like you are. I'm a voice. I'm a, I'm a human being. And I'm, I'm American, most importantly. And so are you. So let's stand tall together. Let's acknowledge the enemy and the danger we face. And it's time to confront it and defeat it once and for all. All right. This is Drew Allen. And as we say on this program, until next time. <laughs>